Welcome into Other People's Shoes. I'm your host, Neil, and today I'm so excited because we're rolling out a bonus episode. Ta-da! That's right. We have a special bonus episode just for you. I ran into a gentleman kind of in a roundabout sort of way, and you're going to hear about that in the episode of how we connected. His name is Ben. Ben is currently a youth pastor of family and children ministry at the church that he attends currently. We have a crazy circumstances of events of how we met, and we'll talk about that also in the episode. But the reason why I chose this as a bonus episode is because Ben right now is currently in the midst of the battle. That battle, he's working with youth and children right now. And he is seeing quite the opposite of what I've seen. And that is this idea of kids leaving the church. So Ben has a great, compelling reason why kids stay. I hope you'll stay tuned to hear his episode. Because you know I'm ready. Hope you are too. Here we go. Hey, come take a walk with me. Not like you usually do. Do something different. Put yourself in other people's shoes. Open up your mind and open up your eyes and change your direction. Change your perspective. Welcome into Other People's Shoes. I am your host, uh, Neil, and I'm joined on the phone. We're doing a, uh, a phone interview today, so stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to be maybe a little choppy at parts. We're hoping not. Cellular phones working correctly. AT&T come through for us big time. Uh, welcome in my guest, uh, Ben. Ben, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Neil. I'm glad to be on the show here. Awesome, man. Uh, so, Ben, a little background. We don't know each other at all, and people always Never laugh met. when I start out that way, my wife especially. So there's a mention. So uh, she feels like every time she gets mentioned, she should get money. So I don't know if you'd like to be her agent, but um, she is she is requesting some kind of monetary value. I'm like, babe, you're married to me. That should be your prize alone. <laughs> Any event, um, Ben. What size shoe do you wear? I'm a, I'm a size 13. Are um, you a 13? Holy 13 smokes. and a half, depending on the brand. Okay, but and that's, that, that was going to be my next question: is what what brand is uh, is Ben's choice? <laughs> um, I like Nike and Adidas. Um, Whoa! I like basketball shoes. Those are, are my favorite. Do you yeah. have do you have a favorite pair of basketball shoes that you're like, man, those maybe maybe you don't own them, but I call them unicorn shoes, like they're mythical in a sense <laughs> because I'm like they're never going to be in my price range, but if I ever got that point, then then I would have these unicorn shoes. I don't know if you have such a thing. No. Okay. No, I don't have I I um I do not have a favorite type of <laughs> Uh, if they're Nike or Adidas, I found that they are solid. So gotcha. All right. Good with Fair that. enough. All right. I'm a big Jordan guy myself, so I'm currently wearing my Jordans. Yeah, those right are good. Now, so. Those are good. Yeah. So, but we've never met. We actually know each other through someone who knows someone who knows someone. Isn't that right? Uh, pretty close. Okay. Yeah, Gary. Yes. Gary, your your producer. Yeah, I don't no. like to. I don't, I don't like to give him that title because I feel like the, I'm like the producer, but Gary oh, okay. Gary might disagree. But he is uh, his official title. I like to call him the audio editor. 
<laughs> I was uh, laughing when I when I heard. Uh, I think it was two episodes ago when you're um, interviewing the couple, and uh, the lady literally said. Hey Gary, you can cut this part out. <laughs> nice, Gary left it in. Good for that guy. <laughs> uh, I have a really bad habit too. I don't, uh, I don't go back and listen to, to published episodes. Yeah, is that uh, weird? You were there live. I was, yeah. and and as much as I love like a repeat movie, I'm like ah. Then I yeah. get then I get critical. And I don't yeah. ever want to get critical. So, uh, yeah. So, Ben, we've never met. We've traded uh, a few uh, Facebook messages, and now we actually get to talk face-to-face over the phone, so to speak. But, man, right. uh, I'm excited about what you're doing, and you're doing some crazy stuff. Um, but you really kind of got uh, how we met is through a Facebook post that you made and then Gary commented on. Um, so really talk about that if you can, let's just jump right into that because yeah. that's kind of how we cross paths. So, so let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm a youth pastor and a, a kid's pastor, um, at a church in Monmouth, Oregon. And anybody walking through the doors, zero to 18 years old, I is kind of, uh, kind of where I oversee. Um, and my biggest question was, uh, hey, what, um, what's your, what's your reason for, uh, what's something that would draw you into coming into church, attending church, you know, and I kind of wanted to pick the brains of, um, well, I posted it on Facebook, so it'd be more adult, uh, age answering, but, um, I just wanted to kind of gauge what, what was going on in, in their minds. And I left the, the question open to Christians and and non-Christians and uh, Christians who attend church and people, who, Christians who do not attend church, anybody, you know, what can the church offer that you would feel like is valuable enough to attend? And I've got, I got some great responses. What, I mean, what was the best response you read? Um, I think the one that uh, stuck out to me the most was um, a a lady that I went to high school with. She said, um, I just, I would attend church if they didn't make me feel like my brother who committed suicide was going to hell. That's the one that I remember the most. Um, That's powerful, right? I, I, yeah, I was like, I was, when I read that, I just had like goosebumps from, you know, bad goosebumps, like, Right. Just just kind of shocked, you know, but definitely could see um, her, you know, her where she was coming from. Right. Um, and I got some other really good answers. Like uh, I have a really rambunctious son. And so I just am worried about my son being judged, hmm. you know, or. Um, <clears throat> uh, oh, oh, um. I would like to know the kids leaders who are take, who are going to watch my child before, before I just drop them off with strangers, you know? So I got some really good answers. Yeah. I mean, all um, of those that, sound that to me sound valid. I mean, yeah. I, got, I got a 12 year old, my, my hands up on that one. You know, I want to know the leader before I drop my, my 12 year old daughter with uh, some random, you know, dude, whatever, or lady even, you know, doesn't matter. 
Absolutely. You know, all those to me sound super valid. So you have this post, right? Just to recap, you, you kind of throw it out to the, the stratosphere of the world, so to speak, because, I mean, that's what happens when we throw stuff on Facebook. We never know what's going to happen. You know, it's kind of like boomerang. Is it going to come back? We're not sure. Um, and then Gary, you know, my editor, who's also been on the show, you know, was in a, in a show called You Lost Me Part 2. Uh, you know, he's on it. You know him uh, directly, indirectly, however. And he comments. And what was his, what was Gary's comment? Yeah, his comment was, um, yeah, I don't actually remember word for word what his comment was. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I, I think, I think the, the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it. But you know what I, what I walked away from there reading Gary's yeah. comment yeah, yeah, yeah. is that this guy has, really thought it out. He's yep. taken the time to think through um, faith and he's come to his conclusion. And Gary's not, he's, there's people who are like Gary in that sense that they think through faith and they say, you know, I, I just can't, I can't subscribe to that. And so I, I kind of walked away thinking that's okay. I, I won't be able, there's people that the church just won't be able to bring any value to. And that's okay. You know, I'm going to focus on the people that um, feel like they can uh, find value from a church, um, a family, you know, a church family. You mentioned being a, a youth guy and, and really kind of even a family ministry guy. Uh, those are both uh, churchy words. Uh, essentially, you're overseeing, you know, children uh, that are coming to the church, but you're also overseeing youth just to kind of put put it in a uh, perspective for someone maybe that isn't affiliated with a church. Yep. So are you seeing in your realm and even your experience through the years, are you seeing where youth have left? And that's, again, the whole premise of this this series of You Lost Me, where kids are leaving in droves. Kids now, they're really young adults, are leaving in droves. Are you seeing that on your end of things as well, or am I just crazy and maybe he wasn't that good of a youth leader, and maybe that's why my kids left. <laughs> which 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 one would you think it's true, truer? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I am seeing. Uh, so when I began attending youth group, um, I was about uh, fourteen years old. And and what year was <laughs> and, that? What year was that? Help us out. Yeah, I graduated in um, from Eagle Point High School, actually. There you go. In, go uh, Eagles. <laughs> yeah. In uh, <laughs> 2007. Okay. Um, so, gosh, that would – so 2003, 2002, I, I began attending um, a church actually in White City. Um, and so that, that youth group, we – our strongest numbers were probably like – uh, we got up to around 20 to 25. Um, and I think looking at all of those people, I'd say there's um, maybe four or five of us that still attend church. So, so, so throw, that out that there. throw that out there again. So there's 20 of you, roughly, right? Yeah, at our, at our strongest, there is, at, there at, is at 20 your strongest, of us. You're 20, and you're saying four currently are, are going or maybe involved whatever in some capacity or are, are still serving or worshiping or continuing to participate four of those 20 yeah it would be four or five of us and 
Um, some of us, staggering. That, some of us in that youth group from that youth group is, uh, well, um, some of us are, um, have passed away. Some of us, um, have had run-ins in the law, have had prison time. Um, a few of them are, you know, divorced and, you know, just, uh, paying a lot of child support. Um, and not to say that the ones who do go to church, you know, have a great, incredible life, but uh, they're on fortune 500 lists. They're working for Microsoft. They're, they're Nike representatives. Not, none of that. (laughs) Absolutely not. None of that. But, but, um, but we, you know, I guess when you have people rooting for you, and encouraging you and you stay in that kind of influence um it does help you know so uh i i attribute i attribute my my youth leaders um and then just staying in that that circle of of faith uh influence where where i'm being just encouraged to do well in life you know i think that had a huge part to play on on those of us who are still attending church and we seem to be doing okay for ourselves, you know, by human standards. (laughs) Uh, I I think that's great. What, what is the number one challenge that you run into with young people nowadays? I think, uh, probably the, um, I think it's just like a there's like a battle for attention and it was bad when I was in high school but um it's just gotten worse and What people, do you mean by battle for attention and maybe you're going to go into that but but yeah if you can maybe clarify that for me what what do you yeah. mean by battle for attention Yeah I think I think that when I look at um the teenagers and in the youth group at the church that that I work for, um, it's just, it's hard for them to, um, to study God's, to study the Bible or to, you know, have a consistent prayer life. Um, because there's so many other things pulling for their attention. And so I think that's, that's probably the toughest thing. I, I, I could give you, I could give you, um, I could give you other things that would be hard and tough and challenging for youth, but I think if we strip it down and see like, what is the, you know, wh- let's not put a bandaid over the owie. Let's see what's, what's the centralized wound here, you know? And, and um, I think it would just be that kids aren't getting into the, into their, into the scriptures. They aren't reading it for themselves or, um, having a, a prayer life, a consistent prayer life. So I think that's the main, the main struggle with me to see. How do parents play a role in your mind in shaping spiritual development? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a huge difference between the, the child, the teenager who, um, there's a huge difference in the child of the teenager who their parents are involved in helping them develop their 
their faith and then the child the the parent that just kind of drops them off at youth group um we're not babysitters we're never supposed to be just here to babysit your your kids or your teens and um it's supposed to be a partnership we're Youth pastors, kids pastors are supposed to be partnering with the parents to help the, develop a, a healthy spiritual walk with the Lord for these for these kids. And so, so yeah, it makes a huge difference for a parent that's that's with you, that's on your side, and and um, that you can partner with instead of you know instead of they just <laughs> drop off their kids and say okay, I'll be back in two hours, you know, and that's just the extent of of it, you know. How many kids have you seen leave your youth ministry and not come back? R- rough uh, ge- rough group- guess, you know, I know you yeah. probably don't have an exact number, but, I mean, rough yeah. guess. Um, zero. I mean, I, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just, I've only... I've only had two, um, or excuse me, I've had three graduating classes come through, and um, I haven't seen any of my youth students who have graduated uh, leave their faith. Um, now, I'm just thinking of one one kid who um, was a foreign exchange student, and he went back to to South Korea. So I don't have contact with him. I, you know, and there's a couple that they may, they just may be really good about not sharing that part of their lives. Um, but a definite answer is that I can't, no one, no one that's graduated through the youth group that I can look at and say, yeah, they've stepped away from their faith. What are you doing that others aren't? Now you have me curious, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I don't know. I don't know if you if you've read the book, uh, but it's called "You Lost Me." I mean, that's really what kind of got my mind going on this direction. And uh, you know, being a youth guy myself, I mean, I've seen an epidemic of kids leave. And you know, yeah. social media is really good about you know letting us keep tabs on folks or at least get a glimpse of maybe where they are, but. But what are you doing that 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 maybe I didn't do? Again, I'm I, I'm not I'm not saying I was wrong and you're right or vice versa or whatever. But I mean, what do you think the key is that has has kept kids there for you? Yeah, no, I think my answer is probably going to be a little surprising because because I I think that probably he- healthy youth groups a sign of a healthy youth group is having students who walk away from the faith. And let me explain what that, what I mean by that is um, right now we're just now seeing the wheels turn as far as um, a, an invite culture. So when I first came in as a youth pastor, it took um, it's taken me three years to get to the point where students have caught the vision. And now that the culture is starting to change where they're inviting their friends um to youth group and to, to hear about God and experience Jesus for themselves. So I, so the high majority of my kids, my teenagers have grown up in the church. And so I do have a couple who, um, 
have not grown up in the church and they're still, you know, they're still actually one just became my, my youth leader. Um, but yeah, we, <laughs> so I, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I hope you're not looking at me like, man, this guy's got it figured out. I think, I think I kind of am Ben. I mean, being <laughs> honest, if I mean, again, I, I feel like, what did I do that you, you know, why didn't I follow the steps that you did or, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying you're the Michael Jordan of, of youth ministry, but but may, oh, maybe, no. I mean, I don't know. I think if you ask me in a few years, uh, I've got a couple of sophomores in my group that I'm like looking at like, oh, Lord, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think if you ask me in a few years, my yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm bound to have some students that go through and, and walk away from the faith. But yeah, right now it's just, most the high majority of my students have just grown up in the church and that, that helps, you know, but I'll tell you one, one thing that I do do is I make sure that, um, that they get plugged in serving. Mm. Um, talk, talk about how I, that works for you guys. Yeah. So, so even my student who just graduated and, you know, some, some people are kind of nervous about putting them on, as a youth leader, because they go from being a peer to a youth leader. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm going to plug them in as quickly as I can. And, and she's only a youth leader because she's shown that she can lead. Um, but we also have a lot of other volunteer opportunities, like, um, with the kids ministry, because I'm the kids pastor there. I see what needs we have and what <laughs> what opportunities to volunteer there. Um, so I get them plugged in. I get them feel like, and I look at what they're good at. So we have a girl that is just phenomenally uh, artistic, and she draws like she likes to draw. Um, in my opinion, it's kind of strange those like Japanese cartoons, you know, okay. style cartoons. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she, she loves it. And I look at it and I go, I mean, she's obviously really good at this. And so I have her draw, draw my graphics. I have a chalkboard and, um, big sign as the kids walk in, they can see what our goals for raising, uh, money for missions is and, and what's, what our events, upcoming events are. And I'm having her like draw the graphics on that chalkboard and, and, uh, yeah. So I, it's just about getting them involved and volunteering. Um, even my, even my, uh, 12 year olds who age out of kids ministry and now move into youth ministry, they, they are now getting filtered into where they are volunteering with the zero to five year olds. And, so just creating like a like a culture of getting plugged in and and it kind of helps solidify your work, you know? You feel like like so after you're done with high school, it's it's not hey, where what uh church pew can I fill in? You know, what 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 church can I find a seat to just fill? But it's like go off to college and Hey, what church can I get involved in and, and volunteer with and spend time with and intern with? And, you know, that's what I tell my students. And that's kind of the, the, the um, culture that we built. 
So I think that helps. In fact, I know it helps because I've, I've read the book <laughs> and uh, you've lost me. And yeah. I know that they talked a little bit about that. They did a lot, actually. We're using Gary as an example here. Gary's a church kid by all definitions, right? Grew up in the church, uh, parents super active in the church. I mean, uh, his dad, Alan, I think, fixed every square inch of the church that we grew up in, uh, Medford Neighborhood Mm. Church. Shout out to them. Um, Great ministry if you're looking for a church in the valley. Um, You know, they teach Jesus, all that fun stuff. Anyway, uh, so Gary still, you know, even though he had active parents, you know, uh, encouraged him to go, never used church as as a punishment, like... You know, quite the opposite. If he didn't get his stuff done, he didn't get to go to church, which there's arguments arguments for and against that. We we, we won't go down that road. But um, how are you getting parents to buy into the to the vision and the passion and the youth stuff and still not seeing kids walk? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, some of the greatest spiritual mentors that I've ever had. I mean, I've had the privilege of having mentors that, um, preach the congregations of, of, you know, 500 plus. Um, and even some of them that, you know, they'll, they'll have maybe four or five kids and they'll have a child that has walked away from the faith. Like, I think at the end of the day, like you can do your best and, of course, scripture talks about raising your kids up in the, in the ways of the Lord and, and teaching that, teaching them the scriptures, but, um, nobody's, no one's forced here. And so I think if we, if we kind of cut the guilt and say, you know, it, there's just part of the risk of (laughs) having kids and that, that you're, uh, training them the faith is that they are, they, they are, they can make their own decisions. And, um, nobody, nobody, you know, you can't force your faith on anybody. Thank God. Right. Cause if we lived in that kind of world, um, <laughs> there's countries that do that and it's not healthy. Um, so I think first of all, just, just letting parents know that there's grace for the parents who, who, uh, who feel like it's on them that their child's walked away from the faith. Um, and then I, I think to answer your question, um, more directly that you're asking here, how do I equip parents to, um, team up with a youth pastor? Is that essentially what you're saying? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Because again, you, you mentioned that most of your kids are church kids. That implies to me, you got church parents, you got parents that are active, maybe in ministry in some form or fashion, whether they're volunteering or they're actively attending. They're not just, you know, Oh, little Susie, little Johnny dropping you off for, for two hours, have fun at youth group. Mom and dad are going to go to the bowling alley or, you know, do new, you know, go do, who knows what? I mean, they're they're active participants in the worship experience as well. So that that's why I was curious. Yeah, yeah that's good, Neil. I, um, I think it's just communicating with the parents, seeing, uh, you know, what's going on. Because a lot of times, a youth student won't talk to their parents about things that are that they're dealing with, but they'll talk to a youth pastor or or even a youth leader. I, um, you said a, a female 
youth leader. She got married and moved to California. Um, but for years, for two years, I mean, every female in the youth group, they would talk to her just about really uh, things that they're struggling with. Like, and they, they would tell her things that, you know, there's no way they would share with their parents. And so <laughs> um, I was actually surprised that they were sharing it with anybody, but she was able to build that kind of relationship. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just about teaming up and, and like if, if the, the parents and the youth pastor or the kids pastor, if they, they share the same, the, the same um, vision, which is that these kids grow up and be, and, you know, are still, passionately pursuing God, you know, that's a win. And so when you're on the same goal, you're running down the same track together. You know, I think it's just teaming up, being communication. I've had uh, parents tell me like, Hey, my, my boy is, is dating this girl and they're, it's a super unhealthy relationship just like break up and make up, break up and make up type deal. Um, you know, can you talk to him and, and where they might not be able to, where he, he may, this, this boy may not listen to his parents. If, if they talk to him, I, I think maybe they should still try, but, um, but maybe they'll hear it. They'll hear it from a youth pastor, you know, better. And so I think it's teaming up like that, you know, I, I think that's great, and I think that is that's culture changing, in in my mind. What you guys are doing up there in in, in the faith. And Neil, if I if I could if I could just say like, um, for people who are listening, who um, their parents and they they have a, a child that's going to kids ministry or youth ministry, um, if your uh, child's kids or youth pastor has not reached out to them yet. Uh, I would just encourage to, you know, ask the youth pastor or the kids pastor out to, you know, a cup of coffee and just just talk about, you know, things, how your child's doing in, in their their kids and youth ministry class. And, you know, youth pastors and kids pastors should should, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a perfect world, I think, initiate contact with the parents uh, probably within the first couple months but if they dropped the ball which i have before so i'm not pointing any fingers um i just encourage parents to to seek out you know the youth pastor the kids pastor and talking and, and begin to to develop that that team you know I, th- I think you're right on with what you're saying my question still comes back to this idea that kids are leaving why do yeah. you think kids are leaving? And I know you haven't maybe had a ton of experience from the sound of it, which is if we were face-to-face, I would high-five you, not in the face, but in the hand, just to be clear. I would <laughs> high-five you hand-to-hand uh, and say, great job, good and faithful servant that you've been. Um, but but why do you think kids are still wanting to leave? I mean, because, again, down here in the Valley, uh, we are seeing it. I mean, kids just seem disinterested and, and just don't want anything to do. Not only kids, but even adults. Yeah. Let's face it, even adults uh, don't yeah. want anything to do with God. What do you think the central reason for that is? 
Oh man. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I just, I don't feel like, but by the time they kind of step out into the real world, you know, uh, they don't have an established relationship. This is not, um, this is not everybody, Neil. This is a generalized statement. Absolutely. Totally agree. Generalized statement. Yep. I would not think of Gary as this, but I'm just putting this out. This is not all students, but I would say probably most we'll, of them. We'll call the student Tom, right? Yep. Sake of arguments, we, we have a student Tom. Tom grew up in the yep. church, right? Yep. Tom loves Jesus in his in his middle school days, in his high school days. Uh, Tom's gone on missions trips. Tom's, you know, uh, shared the gospel, you know, maybe even led worship at time or two. Um, by all intents and purposes, Tom is a rising star in faith. You know, he's, he's reading his Bible. But for whatever reason, Tom gets accepted to Lane Community College. And okay. it's the first time Tom's away from home. And Tom decides, you know what? That whole Jesus thing, I don't know if it's for me anymore. Yeah. And what, what do you think causes Tom to turn at this point? If you were going to speculate on this fictitious person, Tom. Yeah. You know, so let's say that Tom went up to me and said, I don't know if Jesus is who he says he was, you know. Um, I think my response would be, I'm glad you're (laughs) nothing against you or your parents, Tom, but, um, I know you're a made-up fictional character, but <laughs> right? but Tom, I kind of I kind of feel like your faith may have never been yours to begin with. Hmm. Like I think maybe you were just hanging on to your parents' faith, and it's you know may, maybe at some points things were sincere, but I'd ask him at a lot of points were you just going through the motions? Were you just like because you grew up in church? Like these were your people; these were the people that you've always been around. Like have you ever just figured it out for yourself, your faith? You know, and I, I would ask him that question. And um, I'll tell you, like, the, the students who, in my um, experience, the students who grew up in the church and just kind of had their parents' faith, they um, – I. I don't know if you grew up in Neil, but I, I did. Was, yeah, did. I mean, was I, there, was I, there... I, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist Catholic. I say, <laughs> nice. So, so we had friends that were Catholic, so we went to mass from time to time. And then uh, the main church we went to was for First Baptist Church of Carlsbad, which I don't believe exists anymore. It's a different name. Building's still there, a different name. And uh, you know, went through youth ministry, you know, junior high ministry, youth ministry. Um, and then um, somewhere in the high school years, you know, made some declarations that, you know, maybe I should be a youth pastor. And mm. Columbine High School uh, is always my story, kind of part of my ministry story. That happened my senior year of high school. And the first thought before I found out the, the number of students that, that had been killed was, where's their youth pastor mm. for Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold? And I immediately thought, 
that's what I want to do. I want to encourage and equip young people so Columbine never has to happen through the gospel. Because I thought if I could take the gospel to the high school, Columbine doesn't happen. You know, I thought, yeah. where's their youth leader? You know, and, and that's when I really kind of discovered uh, that God was really calling me into that. And so yeah. uh, shortly after that, you know, I kind of put myself in a position through the, the church I was attending, Medford Neighborhood Church. They actually helped in aiding and facilitating me to be able to go through what they call their licensing program through the Christian yeah. Missionary Alliance um, what do they call it? Leadership Academy. Um, and so I did that. It's a correspondence class. So I didn't actually ever have to go sit in a classroom per se. I did it all through a packet. <clears throat> they would send me a syllabus. I would read a book, write a journal on the book, and then write a paper. Because for me, youth, I'm still obviously very passionate about. But I want to see, you know, the, these kids, I'm like, they're, they're leaving. And so our fictitious character, Thomas, or Tom, whatever we want to call him, you know, he comes back to you and he says, you know, I, I, I don't know. And you were leading on to, um, you know, did you ever have your faith to begin with? Was it yours or was it your parents? And then we kind of lost track and I went crazy. So here we are again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, that's that's a question I'm kind of figuring out for myself as well with um, someone like Tom, you know, because uh, I, I, that w- just wasn't my experience um i know my faith is my own faith because my parents do not share this faith my 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 um my dad i i i got an adopted dad but my biological dad is is now a christian i got to um stand next to his side as he got baptized two years ago and now he's a great man of faith um but you know i so for Tom, I, I don't even, I don't know what that journey looks like, right? you know, and maybe I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but yeah, I don't know what, what that, I, I, I know that I have my youth leaders all grew up in the church. So maybe I would point Tom toward one of my youth leaders at that point that they, the one that they trust the most and right. just say, Hey, this youth leader went existed. <laughs> through exactly what you went through. Yeah. They went through a season where they had to figure out, is this my faith or my parents' faith that I'm just, you know, kind of hanging on to. Um, and I guess yeah, that's I the hardest part is, is whether we have a fictitious person or whether we have a real live person, maybe because I'm sure you have people on your prayer list as much as I do, um, that we want to see, know the saving power of Jesus and know the redeeming power of his forgiveness. And, you know, it's really hard because we can't make somebody believe. We can't make somebody, you know, they have to have that on their own. And I think that's the hardest part of life is this idea that somehow I can make somebody choose the way I believe or the way I think. And I think that's why we kind of said this a little bit of pre-show. That's why I started this podcast is because I can't make anyone believe me. I can't make anyone change their thinking. They have to consciously make that choice to put themselves in someone else's shoes to really think, do I believe what they're saying? And am I really going to do what it's going to take to figure it out? Because yeah. truth today, I think, is lost. So, yeah, yeah, it is. <clears throat> I would agree, definitely. Neil, 
you you are a wise man, dude. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but but Ben, I want to be interviewing you. Well, like, stop it. <laughs> well, another time. Walking Neil no, shoes. No, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. But but Should Ben, I, I what size shoes? Do you yeah, wear, they're they're elevens, <laughs> ten and a half elevens. I wear smaller size than Nikes. Why is that? Do you notice that? Uh, By the way, on a side note, this is yes. way way off track, yes. but it's it's That's, worth it. Something there. I, I have noticed that Nike runs smaller. Than okay. I didn't know if it was just me and my gigantic fat feet. I don't, nope. What's weird, too, I don't know why we're talking about this, but <laughs> but I love shoes, but I hate feet. Uh-huh. Ponder that well, one. The shoes, the shoes cover the feet. So. That's true. Maybe that's why. If, so, if you have shoes, uh, you so, have to see everyone's feet. That's true. Maybe that's why. So, uh, so Ben, let's let's wrap up with – I'm going to give you a final thought, then we're going to play a game. Um, cool. Because you're a youth guy. It's always fun to play youth games, right? So, okay, yeah. uh, so final thought is this, and, and or final question I have is this, is if you had an opportunity to go to Autzen Stadium, because that's in your neck of the woods, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. Okay, probably not your favorite place to go from the About sound of it. 45 minutes away. Okay. But Autzen seats, what, 80,000? 80, are they there? Are they there yet? It's- it's a lot. Yeah, okay. I've been there. I, I don't know the exact number. I don't either, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to fact check that. But we'll just say we get 80000 into Autzen somehow, some way, right? Garth Brooks is yeah. coming, so maybe they were going to get, like, way more than that. But but you get 80,000 people in that stadium. And you're center stage. And the 80,000 that are there have have this experience coming in. The only way they could get in is they had to fit into these categories, okay? Okay. Went to church, left. Want nothing to do with God. And were hurt by a church. What do you tell those 80,000? Oh, dude. I would tell them that their experience is real. Oh, man, of course it's real. I've been, I've been right there with, I would say I've been right there with you. I spent years, years at a church that brought me in twice because, um, because they they said that uh, there was accusations that I was looking at pornography on their church computers. But I was I was interning for them, and I worked the knock shift, and so I was just on my days off. I was awake during two a.m. doing my work at the at the church. You know, like that sucked, man, being brought in like that. And uh, there were times when I was, um, I was brought in because I was asked to put away chairs, and they said that I gave them a, a rude look and walked off. And I'm like, I, I have no recollection. Like that's not even in, in my character, you know. And and so church hurt is real. But I would I would say I would say that. Um, the beauty of the church is that it's it's run by by people, which means it can get ugly. But when it's rolling, like when it's on when it's rolling on all four cylinders, man, we have seen the healing, the the compassion, the giving. People people opening up their homes to to orphans and and um, and and even though they're not really like the budget may be tight, they still they still open up their wallets and, and people stretch themselves when the church is rolling. I would say it's the most beautiful thing. Um, that God created is, 
is people who come together to, to um, follow God and to, and to serve his purpose. That is beautiful. So it's, I would say, Church Hurt, I'm sorry that you went through that. Um, I would say, I would say that uh, I would I would search for a healthy church for a for a church that um, that you feel like you can get involved with and and stand with and serve with. Um, but I would say that God did not hurt you. I know I know sometimes when I'm like. I, I feel hurt. I, I kind of like say, God, what's up with that? You know, that sucked. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just realizing it's not God that hurt you. It, it was God's people, you know? Um, but yeah, that would just, that would kind of be my, uh, I, I guess that's what I would be just agreeing with them and then challenging them to, to find a healthy church. I think that's beautiful what you said because again I think so many people are hurting in this world so many people are desperately seeking that fulfillment that they're not going to find anywhere else they're not yeah. going to find it in their job uh, they're not going to find it in money I've known so many people who have tried and have failed at finding it in money they're not going to find it in you know pornography or drugs or anything else like that they're not going to find it in anything else and and people say well it's so cliche to say oh find it in Jesus but truly truly seeking Jesus you do find ultimate fulfillment I, I think you're absolutely right on that so yeah. Agree 100%, yeah. obviously. So you're not here, but we play this game called uh, Senseless. So here it is, Senseless. Oh, yeah. I'm rolling for you. Uh, so hopefully you get a good number. You got a number four, which right. is going to be really fun because I have all the questions on my phone. So um, we didn't really think this through, did we? But this is the joy <laughs> of the iPhone. little plug for Apple here. As I get this <clears throat> loaded up, um, you can do multiple things at one time, like be on a phone call and look at your notes app while you're talking through a digital recorder in a microphone sitting outside of this beautiful courtyard here in downtown Medford. So all that <laughs> aside to say this, uh, Ben, what is the one thing you love to hear? Uh, I think the one thing I love to hear most would be um, probably my... My spouse saying, hey, baby, I'm going to give you that back rub that I've been promising you since the day we got married. I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, is, what, is your, what is your bride's name? Are we allowed to say it? Sure, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, her name's Jen. Jen. Okay. Well, yeah. Jen uh, sounds amazing. Uh, I think if she puts up with all of your shenanigans, she's probably worth sainthood, perhaps. So, she, Jen, that's she. for you. That Ben did not ask me, nor did we talk about that uh, ahead of time. But, uh, yeah. but, but Ben, yeah. I want to thank you, man, for making this work. We, we, we don't even know each other, and that's the best part. But we have one thing in common that bonds us together and that, that makes us family. And, of course, that is... That is Jesus, ultimately. Your podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yep. It's Jesus. The, Jesus, yes. The, the Sunday school answer was Jesus, but I like your answer better. 
the podcast is what brings everyone together. So, uh, so Ben, thank you. Thank you for being a part of uh, Other People's Shoes. I just want to remind everyone, uh, as we walk in other people's shoes, we really do get a different perspective on life. Stay tuned for future episodes.